Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the Roundtable Riot. I am your host, Jay DeVoyer. Before you guys jump into the first official episode of the Roundtable Riot entitled Self-Care, The Secret to Black Girl Magic, I wanted to come and give you guys a disclaimer to let you know there were technical difficulties during this episode, um, and I did not want to edit the episode in a major way because I did not want to take away from the beauty of the conversation that I had with Yanori, Candice, and Titania. Um, it was just a really good conversation that was supposed to last 30 to 45 minutes. And we actually ended up going on like an hour or so. And because it just really felt like, you know, finding members of your tribe that you didn't know existed. So I really hope that you guys enjoy the show. Just know that um, I want you to see my process, that starting a podcast is not easy and everything won't be perfect overnight. I really and truly got, hope you guys enjoy the show. And Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the Roundtable Riot. I am your host, Jay DeBoyer. Today we have our first official episode of the Roundtable Riot, and we are talking self-care. And I have three amazing women with me that I met through the Women of Color Podcast 2 hashtag after the very interesting Sound Up Boot Camp, um, Sound Up Boot Camp podcast that Spotify was hosting. So I will let each young lady introduce themselves and we will go from there. So anybody who wants to go first, Yenery, um, Candice, anybody? Okay, go right ahead. My name is Yenori Tonko, but y'all can call me Nori. You know, we family. Um, I am the creator of I Am Healthy Fit and the Health Conscious Podcast, which is a platform that empowers and celebrates badass women of the African diaspora that are caring for themselves by making their health the number one priority, while at the same time preserving and honoring their tradition. I'm also an Afro-Latina from Honduras, a Garifuna, and that's at the core of everything that I do. Awesome. Thank you. Hi, my name is Titania. I am from High Point, North Carolina, and I'm a teacher, and um, that's pretty much it. I'm The reason that I wanted to be here today on this podcast is to talk about Black Girl Magic and self-care, and I'm just happy to be here today to chat with you ladies. Awesome. Thank you. 
And hello, ladies. Um, I am Candice. I live just outside of Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina, um, and I mainly work as a freelance writer and photographer, anything writing, film, photography related. That is what I do. And I'm also um, hoping to start a podcast maybe around the end of this year um, about women who create and do all types of artistic things. So I'm happy to be here with you all tonight. Awesome. And of course, I am Jay Boy Lawrence, and this is the Roundtable Riot. And this is just basically about me trying to figure out this thing that we call life. <laughs> so tonight's topic is actually going to be self-care, the secret to black girl magic. So my first question is going to be, um, I'm not going to call anybody out. So like I said, if you want to answer, feel free just to kind of shoot out there. So my first question is, um, what does self-care mean to you? This is Yanari. I'll go first. Okay. Self-care to me means spending time in silence, in solitude. I think we live within our bodies, but we don't spend time with our bodies, getting to know ourselves, getting to understand ourselves, getting to understand why we do the things that we do and why we don't. And when we take time on a daily basis to listen to ourselves, to view ourselves and understand ourselves, that's when we really begin to unravel the layers. And some of the layers we don't like. <laughs> some things we say like, oh, I'm not really like this, or I'm not really like that. But when you begin to do that, it's when you can acknowledge who you really are and see yourself for who you are, not who you wish you were or who you pretend to be, but who you really are. And you can't love other people if you don't love yourself, and you cannot love yourself if you don't know who you are. And that takes a lot of time. And I think it's beyond the bubble bath and the wine and the hot tub. That's all cute as well. But it is that time that when no one is looking and it's just you with you getting to know who you are at the core of, of, of your identity. To me, that's what self-care is. Awesome. Thank you. Um, to Tanya or Candice? Yes, I totally agree. It is really beyond the bubble baths and the massages and the glamorized types of things when we think of self-care. For me, self-care is all the things that I do to help balance my physical, spiritual, and mental. Mm -hmm. Those are all the things that encompass self-care to me, and, and that includes um, working out on a regular basis and making sure that I'm physically fit to take on the stresses of life. Um, life can really beat you down, you know, not just your stuff, but sometimes people are throwing stuff on you. And that load can get really heavy. So if you're not physically fit, it's going to be hard to carry that load. It's going to be harder to carry that load and function. Um, so anything that deals with spiritual um, guidance or balance, helping me to get in that balanced place. Because we were talking a little bit before we started, and I was saying that even when you think that you're there or when you get there with self-care, balancing all three of those things, physical, mental, and spiritual, it still gets out of whack sometimes and you have to really be intentional about your self-care because you can easily slip into the doing and nurturing for everyone else and not taking care of yourself. Very, very true. Very, I completely agree. Candice, what about you? Um, I would definitely um, agree and I definitely like um, 
why Tatanya just said about being intentional, um, because I think that's a big aspect of it. I've always kind of seen self-care as kind of an awareness, and like an awareness of yourself, of everything that's going on in your life at the time and how it's affecting you, because we have moments in our lives where self-care is seems to come kind of easy and things are going well and we're able to really tend to ourselves, whether that's physically or mentally. And then there's other times when it's really, really difficult to do that. And I think personally that self-care is something that really goes beyond the physical. Like, yes, you should care for your body, you know, what you eat and exercising. But I think so much of self-care has to begin with the mind and just being very aware of the challenges that are taking place and being very genuine about how you are coping with things and how you are releasing negative emotions that you have or bringing good energy into your space. I think all of those things allow us to to grow and be able to transform in a way that's positive in all areas of our life. Yeah. And I can I completely agree with all of you. Um to me, self-care means taking off the mask. Um as a woman of color, you know, I I personally I, I realized that I wear so many masks during a day. Um, when I'm at work, I wear a different mask. When I'm at my children's school, I wear a different mask. Even when dating, I wear a different mask, you know. And at some point, it's really easy to get lost behind those masks. It's, yeah. um, it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're shuffling so much that you just, you don't know what to do at a point. And it's like, you know, you, all of those, they kind of start, everything kind of just starts to run together and you forget who you are. Because just as a woman, it's about finding balance, just as a woman in general. But when you do have a significant other or children or school or this or that, it's really easy to get lost in your, it's really easy to get lost in your pseudo self, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. So to me, self-care just basically means getting back to self, taking off the mask, taking a moment to breathe and just realizing that it's okay. You got this. At times you may, it may take a minute to figure it out, but you'll, you'll piece it together in some shape, form and or fashion. Yes. And that's really um, a key back to what your Nori is saying Mm -hmm. uh, about the silence and just having moments where it's nothing going on. There's no internet, there's no TV, Um, You know, I'm a reader. I love to read books, but there's times I have to put those away, too, and just Mm -hmm. be in silence. I love to listen to music, but there's a need for the silence because you can't hear what you're the messages that your body is sending you. You can't hear the messages that the universe is sending to you because there's so much noise. There's Mm -hmm. always so much noise around us. So, yeah, that being quiet, making sure that you have time to sit um, just with yourself. It's yes. super important as far as self-care. No, I can't. And I will say there's also something to be said about the difference between spending time in silence and prayer because they're not the same. I completely I agree. An article yes. that said yes. prayer is when you talk and meditation or silence is when you listen. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we say, well, I'm praying or I'm spending time doing this, but it's really that time when you're quiet enough that you can hear what the universe is telling you. Mm-hmm. Because if you miss that, then what is the point, right? Exactly. That's when you get the message. 
And I think a lot of us lean more towards one focus over the other when you have to have that. You got to give it the same, not the same exact amount of time, but you do got to make both equally important where you can't voice out what you want from the universe or whoever you believe in. And at the same time, allow the universe to speak to you so that you can be quiet enough to hear what you're being told. Yeah, and I agree. And I will say that growing up, growing up black in the South, because I grew up in Georgia, it was always you're in church. <laughs> and I grew up Baptist. So if anybody knows anything about a Baptist church, you know, it's full of, <laughs> yes, you know, <laughs> it's full of pomp and circumstance, the whole nine. So, you know, as a child, it's always kind of drilled into you when you have a problem, take it to God, pray about it can't just give it over to God. But what I never understood, and I think that's why I was kind of the standout weird child, because I, I've al I was always more logical and I still am. So my question would be, you're telling me to take it to God, but when are you telling me to listen? You're just telling me, oh, he's going to give you a sign or he's going to do this or he's going to do that. But then you're also telling me on the back end, if you don't put in the work, like God only does so much, you have to put in the work. So it's like, you want me to put in the work, you want me to take it to God, then you want me to wait for a sign. Like, when am I, when, when, when can I just, when do I listen? You know, because, and so I completely agree with Yenary. Like, you know, it's, there is a difference, a huge difference. So and I would definitely hop off of that, too, to also say that I think that so many people talk about self-care, like, whether it's coming from, like, a church perspective, or you're reading a blog or something, and no one ever really tells you how like, mm. no one tells you how to listen how to have that space how to you know they just give you these bullet points you know the bubble pads the long walks you know the prayer but there's there's a lot of of course trial and error everybody's self-care is different but no one really tells you like how should you do this like how should you begin what should you be looking for how do you know if it's working or if it's not and i think that's a big reason why so many people have issues with actually finding a good space for themselves because it's like everyone's telling me to take this time for myself but what do I do when I've got that hour and I'm sitting in my room like what do you actually do to create that space for yourself exactly and then you know I think are, I'm sorry go right ahead no, I was gonna say some people are not ready for that information either which is right ever-evolving mm -hmm. process because I think of myself I've been so over the past 200 and 20 days, I've been meditating every single day, mm -hmm. and there are things that I can see today that if someone would have told me that, like, 50 days ago, I would have been like, you won't follow it, get on my face. <laughs> <laughs> but now that I've taken that time, and I've been exercising that muscle, and I've been unlearning, and I've been accepting, and I've been accepting responsibility and not blame, mm -hmm. now I can see things clearly and I think sometimes we just aren't ready to have that part of the conversation because we haven't done the work that it takes us to accept that we're not that we're flawed that we're broken and that that's okay because now we can heal off of that so I think there's some something of that to also talk about when we think about self-care because it's not the same for everyone and I think everyone thinks it's going to be the same for them like I'm going to go to the spa and they're going to give me this awesome hot stone massage. Mm -hmm. And it's going to feel good. I don't want to throw any shade of that. But it's not the same as you saying, I'm going to face the parts of me that are ugly. And I'm going to accept that and love them. 
and I, I later. right, because what I what I've personally noticed is that when people talk about self care, they're always talking about spending money. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they're yeah. telling you, oh, go take a day at the spa, go buy this, you know, go do that, and it's just like, ex- yeah, yes, go to Lush and buy the bath bombs. Since um, since Tanya did bring up the aha moment, we'll actually use that as a segue to move into our next question. So our next question is, did you ever have an aha moment that made you realize you needed to take more time for self? And if it's okay with you guys, I'll start because mine is a little emotional. Um, is that okay with everyone? Absolutely. Okay. Yes, go right ahead. So my aha moment was actually last year when I went to the eye doctor. So, you know, I've been wearing glasses since middle school. I'm just accustomed to going to the eye doctor, getting my prescription. Whoop, no big deal. So this particular appointment was a lot different. Um, I went in and, you know, I put on some weight over the years, you know, just parenting, you know, just, you know, just not taking time for me. And during this appointment, my my um, doctor told me, um, you need to go get an MRI. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do I need an MRI for? I'm just here for some contacts, maybe some colored contacts if I'm feeling fancy. So, <laughs> so um, he said no. He said your optic nerve is swollen, and that can mean one of two things. 
He said it could either be from like a pressure buildup because you have too much um, too much spinal fluid because when you put on weight, they, they don't know, the, he told me they don't know the exact correlation. However, when you put on some weight, especially in women of color between the ages, I think he said, oh, I'm sorry, y'all. He said between the ages of like, um, I think it was like 20 to 34, I believe, or it was like 20 to 40. He stated that, you know, when you put on some weight, for some odd reason, you get a spike in spinal fluid and they don't always know why. And he said, or I could possibly have a brain tumor. To me, all I heard was brain tumor as a mom. That's, that's all I heard. So, you know, I was just like, I don't know what to do. And so I had to see a neuro ophthalmologist in just like the past few years because I, I would get an eye exam like maybe once every two years. So because I'm like, my prescription typically stays the same. I really don't always need to change prescriptions. It hasn't gone up or down since childhood. So I um, like my, my mind started to spiral because my son plays football, my daughter does cheer, and I'm just like, you know, I've taken on so much because my family and I, after every football game, we will feed the entire football team and the parents at no cost to the team. And I'm just like, I'm doing so much, I'm doing for everybody else, I'm going to work, I'm pouring into my staff, I'm doing this, and I'm not pouring into me. So um, I had to have a spinal tap, I had to have an MRI, and I just had like to have this plethora of tests. And when I was in the MRI, because you know in the MRI you like go in this tube, it's dark, and it reminded me of a coffin. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is this the end? Like who's gonna raise my children? Who's like, I just, I was just really kind of panicking. And in that mm -hmm. moment I realized that I needed to take better care of myself, not only because self-care to me is a trickle-down effect. Mm -hmm. So if I'm taking care of myself, then my children are affected, my work is affected. And I was just like, it was just kind of like a, it was, and it was a, it was, and I, I'm not going to say it was a come to Jesus moment. It was a come to me moment. Yes. Yeah. So, and mm -hmm. in that moment, and, you know, I've just been taking the steps and doing the work. And, you know, I have a really good friend of mine who I actually met through work. And I've known her for, I think, going on three years now. And she was always telling me, you need to take time for yourself. You need to do for yourself. Even if you just go buy yourself a shirt here or there, like just, or whatever, just do something for you. And it wasn't until that moment that I actually listened. You know, and I, I hate that it took something as frightening as potentially being one step away from death to realize that I needed time for me. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately, that's what happens to a lot of people. And the wonderful thing is you caught it before it got to that point. Uh, right. There are people who leave this earth very early in life um, from stress. Nothing more than stress and good health, all that stuff is good. And then you're like, he was 27, he just ran a marathon. Well, he's no longer with us. Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately, stress is that silent killer mm -hmm. that nobody sees. And, yeah, and I agree. And then, especially as women of color, we we tend to internalize stress. You know, we take stress on in a different way. Yeah, and, and it's because, and, and from what I've seen is, you know, just growing, even, even with me growing up, I have a very strong relationship with my father, but my father at times would tell me, I can't help you if you cry. Mm. And it's like, you know, as a woman, I'm sitting here like, no, sometimes I need to cry. I need to be able to get this out 
and, yeah. and and go from there, you know. So when you're being told, I can't help you if you cry or stop that, or you know, it it, it kind of it, it it as as I can say, just from my perspective, it kind of made me feel like there was no room for my emotions. And right. when people would say, "Oh, you're an angry black woman," or "You're this," or "You're that," and it's just like, how can you say I'm an angry black woman if I'm not allowed to feel? Mm, right. Yeah. So, but that that was my aha moment. Would anyone else like to share? Sure. So, this is Lori. My aha moment, I've had a couple, but the one I'm going to lean on happened in 2016. And I've been in the woman space for a while now, so I almost, I feel like I'm almost a decade. And it's crazy that my aha moment was almost two years ago. Mm. So my aha moment about really having to embrace self-care happened when my favorite uncle, who was like my big brother, he was murdered in Honduras, where I'm from. Mm. I'm sorry and to hear that. Thank you, but I find gratitude in that now. Um, as weird as that sounds. So he was murdered, and he hit me really hard. Like, any time that he hit someone that you love dies, especially when it's sudden, like, all these things are going on, all these emotions are going on. And I was really close to this person. He's perhaps the closest person I've had died in my life. So I went on, like, this depression journey for, like, eight years, eight months. Sorry, I was depressed for, like, eight months. And I started thinking about what would I, what would my uncle want from me? Like, how would he want me to live my life? How would I want to honor his legacy? And it was a very tough question to ask myself because I didn't want to get out of the bed. And here I was trying to figure out how to pick up the pieces to the person, to, to try to like honor someone I love so much and that have been there for my whole life. So one of the things that my uncle used to always tell me was, I want you to do what brings you joy. I want you to do what fills your spirit. I want you to do what makes you happy. Mm. And when I started, I started asking myself those questions, I realized I had no idea what made me happy. Mm. I did I'm married, so I'm like, oh, my husband makes me happy. But if you take away my husband, my family, like I was defining my happiness through the lists of other people. And wow. I didn't know what made me happy. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that was like crazy to me because I felt like I ha- I knew it, you know, like I went to college, I had my experience, I was married, and like I I was living the dream, quote unquote, and I had no idea what it meant for Yonori to be happy. And it was during that time actually that I began my med- uh, meditating, and I began taking myself a little bit more seriously and getting to know me because I had no idea who I was. There I was about to be thirty, and I didn't know who I was. And it was a different type of wake-up call. And it was the wake-up call that had really transformed me. Physically, I have lost weight and all of that over and over again. But this was the change that made me realize it be, that's all the symptoms. You need to go to the source. And the source is you pulling up that mirror and seeing yourself for the first time and telling yourself, I love you and mean it. Wow. And, that was my wake-up call. And since then, I 
can now find gratitude in the fact that my uncle is no longer here. I became sad and I think about other stuff, but I'm able to look at that experience and see all the good that has came out of that. And instead of looking at it like it destroyed me, there's a lot that's good that came from that, including the podcast that I ended up launching, which is kind of a way to honor him. Uh, but that was my wake-up call. It was sitting down and I realized I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what made me happy. And I generally didn't really love myself the way I thought I did. And that was that was real. Yeah, and I, I just want to take a moment to um, kind, kind of kind of touch bases on what you what you say you know about loving yourself i think that just as a woman of color sometimes we do forget to tell ourselves i love you you know we spend a lot of time telling other people in our lives that we do but how often do you just and, and that took me that's what self-care is how often do you really tell yourself i love you you know or i i love myself in a sense outlier I don't know but I do that all the time I didn't always do that all the time I very much like Inori thought that I loved myself um, Mm -hmm. but I did have to go through some things too which was really losing a lot of friendships that I thought were um, good friendships that Mm -hmm. I thought were lifetime friendships and um learning not to always take the back seat. And when I stopped taking the back seat in certain relationships, people didn't like that. They Mm -hmm. liked to be the one who was always celebrated and always being cheered on. And they didn't really know how to give me that back, even though that's what I had been giving to them for years Mm -hmm. and years and years. Um, And so those are the friends that I thought I was going to have for the rest of my life. And I lost those friends. And some friends that I had in college that I thought would go through the years in my life. I lost those friends. Um, A lot of my relationships just were going wrong, and I didn't know why they were going wrong. I thought I was doing everything right. Well, what I was doing was people-pleasing. Wow. Mm -hmm. And the moment I started to assert myself and say, no, I'm not going to accept that behavior from you. I love you unconditionally, but that doesn't mean I have to accept all of your negative behaviors, especially if they're geared towards me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, all those things that we do that we should not do to each other um, based on little small things, jealousy, uh, just you not being in a good place. And so, of course, if you're not loving yourself, you're not going to be able to project that love onto someone else. Mm -hmm. Even though we think, oh, I love so-and-so. Well, you really haven't done the work that it takes to love yourself. So you don't have that love to give Mm -hmm. to another person. Um, And I learned that. And it was hurtful because there has been times since then that I really needed a close, close friend. And I had to learn that was the lesson. The teacher came when I was ready for the lesson. I had to learn what toxic relationships were and what they were doing to me before I was able to recognize what a true friendship was. And I thank God that I was able to find other people in my life that love me genuinely for me outside of my family. And of course you don't define yourself by people. And I have a very small circle, but I do want to say that you do need other people. You're not going to be able to do this thing by yourself. 
But you need people that you can trust and you need people that you know are really supportive that, that are on your side. That's the mm-hmm. important part. Um, but you, for people who think that you can walk this road alone, you really, it, it's, it's already tough. You want to do it by yourself. You really want to take some time to get to know you so that you can radiate a certain energy and then bring that energy back to you. And that's how you find the people that are supposed to be in your tribe who are there for you, who are your inner circle people. So, Tanya, mm-hmm. I think you may need to talk to a couple of my friends because, well, I would say ex-acquaintances or just even people that I was in relationships with in the past because <laughs> to help them realize that you cannot do it alone. You can't walk this journey we call life alone. You know, you hear people say all the time, oh, I want to make it on my own. And it's humanly impossible. It really is. So, you know, I, I might need you to say a word to a few people that I know. <laughs> so, um, Candace or Satanya, did you want to share uh, your aha moment? I know uh, Satanya touched a little bit on hers earlier. Right. I pretty much touched on mine. It was, you know, the overwhelming things that were going on. I'm a mother of two. I have a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old. I'm a wife. Um, work full-time job, you know, have other things that I want to do outside of that. And so I'm constantly doing, mm-hmm. you know. And there was a point where I stopped hearing the birds chirping and I stopped noticing the rainbows and all that stuff. And that sounds really, you know, fairy and la 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 la, la but for me, that's real. Like, those are, that's just mm-hmm. how conscious I can be at times and that's Mm -hmm. what I meant by you have to be intentional consistently about taking the time to care for yourself and Mm -hmm. yes say looking in the mirror and saying I love me what Mm -hmm. do you mean you might not you don't have to love me I love me enough for the both of us I think that's something Kanye said (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I don't know if Kanye is still canceled now Yeah, I was having that debate. I was like, I was having that debate with a colleague. I was like, so is new Kanye canceled or is it old Kanye that's canceled? Because can I listen to the old tracks or no? I, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, what, what are the cancellation rules here? You know, what are the terms and conditions? The black delegation has gotten together and decided that yet. I think that's still on the table. So if you have out there, go right ahead. Okay. You know what? We may have to take that to black Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Candice, what about you? Did you ever have an aha moment? Um, I would definitely say so. It probably, I guess looking back on it, it's maybe not as definitive as it might um sound, but I definitely had an aha moment. I would say probably might have been like third or fourth year of college maybe, and I've always, ever since I was a kid, probably seven or eight, I always journaled, and I would journal like religiously like every single day. Um, sometimes it was like a paragraph or a page, it didn't matter, and it was always really a great way for me to talk through things I was going through, to make decisions, I just kind of have like some accountability to myself where I could go back and see, you know, hey, things that I had hoped for were actually coming true or just ways where I had changed um and I found myself just getting kind of like stressed one day I felt like I was as a lot of you all mentioned kind of doing a lot of things for other people and I would get to those moments where I was just kind of thinking back on you know what happened last time and I realized that my memory of just how I felt at different situations and points in my life wasn't that strong and I looked and I was like you know I haven't written anything in like over a year 
and that was mm. so strange to me like it was such a, a long going from like every single day or at least a few times a week to literally being able to look back and say I have like no record of my life or the emotions I was going through for like over a year and that kind of like struck me because it was like whoa you know in the midst of working in school and doing things for other people I haven't even taken a moment to just kind of sit back and process in my mind you know mm the time that it takes to sit there and write things down and say, this is going well, or this isn't, or I'm really happy, or I'm not happy, or this is what I want to see change. And I think it's an example, of, it might have been Yanori or um, someone said, like, the symptoms and the source kind of thing. It was me kind of being able to see, like, this is why some of these other things aren't coming together, or why I don't feel as, as centered or as conscious about myself. So even now I have my moments where I kind of look up and I'm like, oop, you're falling off the train a little bit again. But that was just kind of, I think a moment that made me stop and say, okay, you know, I'm entering, you know, this stage, this transition, you know, adulthood, all these things coming at you, but you still have to find some way, even if you have to schedule it, and it seems very um, kind of strict, a way to, to do the things that help you to kind of take that moment and that silence and listen and, and take that self-care for yourself. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for that. Um, we'll go ahead and move into our next question. Um, now the next question is, um, what is your self-care routine, if any? So like, you know, what do you do to unwind, relax, and just take that time for yourself? So my self-care routine, I've got down packed. <laughs> 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 it's so like bulletproof. <laughs> That even my husband is like, have you gone through your routine? If not, I need you to go and go through your routine. <laughs> <laughs> like, he already knows. That's how down packing it. That's awesome. Yeah, really. It really <laughs> is. Those are goals right there. Exactly. <laughs> really, really it is. It took a while, but I'm so happy that it's down packed now. So, I, I'm a morning person. I love to get up in the morning because... I, I love to get up and feel the morning waking up. Like, I like mm. to feel the universe falling into place. Um, so, I recently moved to Florida, to St. Petersburg from D.C., mm -hmm. um, from New York originally. So, this is the first time I'm not waking up to the sign of sirens or cops or loudness. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am waking up to the birds singing and the trees swaying. I am living life. So I love to wake up and embrace that. So I get up in the morning. I do like to work out so I can be fully awake. Mm -hmm. And then I spend time meditating and journaling and setting my intentions for the day. I take about an hour to do all of that on the low end of things. Um, and then during the day, I like to take an hour to read. I love reading as well. Someone else said they love reading. I love reading. So I like to take at least an hour to read and not do it on the computer or the phone or the tablet. I like a good old book. It's, there's old such, it's such a difference feeling the paper in your hand. There's, yes. It's such... It's, the smell. Yes. never understood how people can read books on like their tablets or anything because you know we stare at screens all day 
I will I will gladly help keep Barnes and Noble in business. So <laughs> yes. I, I need a book budget because I only did buy at least one book a month. Um, it took me a week. So I like I take an hour to read, and during nighttime I also take time to journal again. And if I am able, I, I like to meditate a little bit, but I like to take my reflections of the day and I make a list of the things I'm proud of for that day and I'm grateful for. Because I was finding that I would end the day feeling like I didn't get nothing done. Oh my God, the list, he just goes and on and on and on and I haven't accomplished anything. And I was like, you know, right? make a list of the things that you did get done and the things that you're grateful for and proud of. And that has completely shifted my perspective. He has helped me sleep better. And he has made me more more aware of myself. I, I don't know who mentioned earlier that self-care is also about self-awareness. And I think that's at the center of self-care, being self-aware. Mm-hmm. So it starts with morning meditation, getting my workout in, to make sure that I'm like, caring for my body physically, that I'm journaling, I'm spending time listening to the universe, that my intentions for the day, taking some time away from the madness to read and something I love, and then cooling down the day with, you know, a little more journaling and meditation, if, if possible. Awesome, awesome. Routine. This is Titania, and my routine is not as structured as that one. <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm trying to hop on that train quick. Yeah, I mean, that is, that's a really awesome routine to have. A portion of what I do in the morning when I first get up um, is just the silence. Just literally the silence. That's just my moment to breathe and say thank you for another day and then have the, the silence. And I don't have a lot of time in the morning because I'm always, always late for something. And I'm working on that, but <laughs> that's just, that's my truth. Um, but I don't have a lot of time in the morning. So I may only do that for about three minutes, but the deep breathing and just kind of preparing myself to lay there for three minutes and do nothing. That is because I want to grab my phone and see what's going on on Instagram. Or I want to go see what's on Facebook, but that is that has taken a lot of discipline for me because I'm so used to going and grabbing, and so that for me is a, a taking care of yourself moment, even if it's just those three minutes. That's for me to just breathe and and listen. Um, then I exercise in the mornings. I try to exercise at least six days a week. Sundays I kind of don't. I just want to lay, um, <laughs> so I do, and that's a part of self care for me too. Mm-hmm. If I just want to lay, then I just lay. Mm-hmm. If I want to laugh and want to watch a good movie and make, you know, it's, it's a comedy, then I do that. That's the part of my self-care. Um, for me, self-care is about the quiet time, but it's also about taking care of the things that I know will lessen my stress. Mm-hmm. So if I'm dealing with financial things and things are not in, in balance financially for me, then if I take some time to make sure those things are right, then that's less stress. Mm. If I know that my health has not been good, um, I'm 40 years old, I'm still breaking out like I'm a teenager. But that was because of the foods that I was eating and that I was Mm -hmm. not taking care of myself from the inside and it was showing on the outside. Mm -hmm. So that's much better now because I had to center, I had to find out, like again, self-awareness, what are you doing that you were not doing before 
that is affecting you on the inside and it's obviously shown on the outside. So eating better, that's self-care for me because that's something that's going to take the stress off of my health bill. My, my doctor's bill won't be so high if I'm not at the doctor every week or every month because mm-hmm. I have pains here and this is hurting. So for me, self-care is, yes, it's those quiet moments. It's, um, you know, walks in the park. It's meditation. Um, I try to automate my self-care because I am a busy mom. It's just Mm -hmm. what it is. So those three minutes in the morning, that's an accomplishment for me. Mm -hmm. I can work on a goal of making it five minutes, and then I'll get to ten minutes at some point. But I take those three minutes because that's what I have, and I take them. Um, and, And so... I try to automate my self-care. I have this app. It's called Shantex. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of it? No. Can Shantex? you spell that for us? It's a um, it's uh, it's a app that you have, or you sign up for it, and they send you something every morning at the same time. I think you can set what time they send it to you, and it's always something very inspirational and positive to help you get your day going. Um, it's really cool and. I love it. I don't always get to check it every morning, but the mornings that I do, it seems to be right on point. It's almost like it's reading me, and I love it. Um, On Thursdays of every week, I have a thankful Thursday. That's the day that I sit down and I focus on all the things that I'm thankful for because life gets busy, and you forget to be grateful. And Mm. one thing that I know is gratitude is absolutely the way to joy and in and, and the things that yeah. you want to see happen in your life. It is absolutely the way. True. So and true. So Thankful Thursday is, is a weekly thing for me. It's automated. It's in my week. It's, it's time that I know I'm going to take because I've made it a part of my week. So self-care for me is a little bit different. And like we said before, it's different for everybody. But for me, it's doing the things that I know I need to do to stay organized and, and take off some of the stress. And then I can do the go get your nails done and all that stuff. Because even when I'm getting my nails done and getting massages, if I'm worried about how that bill is going to get paid, I'm really not relaxed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not at all. I That's just so spent true. more money. And I'm thinking, I I'm, all I'm thinking while I'm on the table is I could have spent that on. <laughs> XYZ <laughs> bill. <laughs> That's real talk for me. Yeah. That's real talk. Oh. You know, before I can go and relax and do all of that stuff, I have to make sure my business is in order. I have to make mm-hmm. sure my physical and my mental is in order and my spiritual is in order. And then I can go and do all those little vacations. And what's the point of being on vacation if you worry about how things are going to get paid when you get back home for the next week? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. That's not mm-hmm. self-care. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Candace? Do you have a self-care routine? I do. It's very, um, I would probably say it's maybe even more lax um, than what uh, both ladies have mentioned today, but it's definitely something that I like to, I can get kind of bored with things easily, so I'm always kind of switching my um, self-care routine up from week to week, and so kind of I'll give myself something different, so it might be this week that I'm going to try to do my journaling like every day and I'll give myself maybe a number like three or four times that I'll try to reach during that week. Um, and then I'll switch it up to the next week. Um, for me, running has always kind of been a thing. I'll just, I don't go very far, just kind of <laughs> to the corner of back, but I'll just kind of jog or do something that's outside um, that kind of allows me to kind of clear my head or just kind of get out into the open elements. You spend so many, much time inside and indoors. So I love just being out in the fresh air and in the sun, just doing something, even if I'm just like walking. 
Um, and other days, it'll be something that I create with my hands. So I might do, I love to scrapbook. I just have paper everywhere. It's all in a, in a folder. And I'll just grab and print out some photos and, and put a, a memory together. Um, but whatever I, I like to switch it up because it kind of keeps with something that's always new and fresh, depending on, on what I, I feel I need to work on um, during that period. But I always, for me, it might seem a little obvious, but I always make sure that whatever I'm doing is space and time that I have completely to myself alone. Um, and that might seem, of course, I feel like it's pretty obvious, you know, the whole bubble bath and, and spa kind of idea is usually by yourself. But sometimes, you know, people say, oh, you know, you should go somewhere or go shopping or hang out. But it's very crucial for me that that's a space that I have that is away from everyone else where it literally is my space and I'm not dealing with having to, um, just some of the responsibility of having to attune to another person or something at that time. It's really, even if it's just a moment that I have to listen to music and to think, it's really important that I have some type of space that's individual and kind of solitary every week. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's nice. Um, believe it or not, my self-care routine is sticking to a schedule. Um, I suck at time management and I'm, because as a creative, my mind is typically all over the place. And I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, I, I, and I, and I'm, 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 I, as I, like, as I, what I sign off on my blog, whenever I write a blog post, I write constantly growing because I am constantly growing. I'm, I'm actually being more aware of self. And, you know, I was always kind of like that child. If I saw a butterfly, I wanted to run off after it. Or, you know, just, just to show how easily I could get distracted when it was something that I loved or something that I was passionate about. So my self-care routine was actually making myself stick to a schedule. Because what I was noticing was, like, I would get wrapped up in work or I would get wrapped up in another project. And that would take me hours and hours. And then, you know, I didn't have time for self. And so then also another problem that I have um, is, hello? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Another problem that I have is with sleep. So from a very young age, I always thought like I, I was fascinated with vampires. You couldn't tell me I wasn't a vampire. And then I heard the story about the sleepless elite, how there's this population within the population of the sleepless elite who only require four to five hours or less of sleep to fully function. And that's how I was. So I was like really proud of it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm part of the sleepless elite. I can I can do what you do in three hours. You know, I'm like, I can, I can get the rest that you get in three hours and still be fully functional. But what I didn't realize is that even though I made, even though I was sleeping less, I was doing less. So what I said was, I I have a goal. I said, I I have to start really simple. I said, you know, every night I'm going to at least try to be in bed by midnight. If I'm not in bed or when I say in bed, I mean, at least laying down. So that way I can start winding down, getting away from my electronics. And this is going to sound so weird. But another one of my problems was I was afraid of the dark. I, even, even, even as an adult, I was afraid of the dark, you know, and people, people always laugh at me when I say I'm afraid of the dark. Like I just got to a point, it wasn't until I like would get in, got into a relationship and my significant other couldn't sleep with the TV on that I learned to go to sleep in the dark. Like my entire life, I had to have some type of noise, some type of light. 
So now it's what I'm realizing is when I would have the TV on at night, I would wake up and I would still be drained. And, you know, I didn't realize that that light was actually draining me. So, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm powering down at a certain time and just realizing, like, sometimes what I'll do is, like, I may just lay in my bed and for those couple of minutes and I'm laying there, I'll, I'll sit there and I'm like, oh, I'm going to turn on the TV in a minute. Next thing you know, my alarm clock is going off. So, and it's just, it's moments like that that's actually become my self-care routine. Like, I've put myself on a schedule. Like, on my schedule, I have time to meditate. I have time to take my vitamins in the morning. You know, I have time to read. To read, And it's just like, I'm on that schedule, and I'm working towards it more. So, and like, that's my self-care routine, because it's just making time so that I don't get lost. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so I'll go ahead and move on to the next question because I know I'm taking up a lot of you ladies' time. Um, the next question is, why do you think self-care is vital to women of color, especially black women? For me, I think that it is essential because from everything I've ever read about black women, um, it says that we are strong. And I believe that that is absolutely true. But I also think that people see us as strong, and so they don't—they don't allow us those vulnerable moments that we need to be cared for. And they don't see that even though we're taking care of everybody and we're doing everything for everybody, that we need to take a step back too, and that we need people who are in our corner as well. And that's why it's important for Black women to um, make sure that self-care is. Some kind of a routine. Whatever it is that you can do, you should be doing. Even if it's just like me, that little three minutes, you should be doing that for yourself. Because there's no guarantee that somebody else is going to step in and ask you even just, how is your day going? Mm-hmm. 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 And I would, I would definitely um, agree with that and say also that I think as, as women, we already have a sense of kind of like nurturing and helping that kind of naturally comes that we want to do and that also society kind of expects of us to do, whether it's caring for our families or our friends or, you know, even coworkers and neighbors. And then I think as being a black woman, you have the, the added mental kind of stress in a way of constantly kind of moderating yourself and always being, um, always being very, um, restricted in many senses, whether it's, you know, how we relay our emotions or the words that we use or our hair and all those things that uh, are constantly coming at us trying to, you know, moderate and control how we're, how we're um, perceived in different spaces. So I think between that as a woman and then also as a black person, particularly um, in today's time, there's always so much that you are constantly having to fight against. So it takes very important for us to take that time to to kind of give ourselves some love and some reflection when you're dealing with that on a constant basis. Mm-hmm. I think black women haven't been taught to care and love themselves from a sense of generally care. And I feel we've been taught, particularly in the Latino community, which is what I can speak to, we've been taught to embrace this martyrdom mentality. Like, if you are a wife, then it's always, what's going on with your husband? What's going on with your house? If you have kids, and you're outside without your kids, God forbid, where your kids at? 
Yes. Oh God, yes. Yes, you just said a word, Henry. You just said a word. Yes. So, no, and I completely agree. I'm in therapy right now with y'all. Like, <laughs> like Thank you. This is my self-care evening ritual today. <laughs> so, no, and I and I agree. Just, like, kind of to touch bases on what you said as a mom, you know, especially, like I said, being from, being from Georgia, you know, I grew up in a very southern family, you know, and when I say southern, I mean southern, like, you know, I'm probably two generation, two to three generations removed from slavery type Southern, you know, and, um, 
when like perfect example when i had my kids like i was a you know i was i was like the really good person like all i did was i like and i honestly i don't know how i got pregnant but because i always say to myself (laughs) you're right i do (laughs) (laughs) you're right i do but i do but i don't but nevertheless, like I stayed to myself like my entire pregnancy and even even I had to develop a self-care routine during my pregnancy because I didn't want my kids to have like the negative energy of the world. So what I would do like every night, I would write down the things that I couldn't change. I would wait till midnight. I would burn it like as my my representation of giving it to the universe. But even um, even after I had my kids, I remember I, I didn't have a baby shower until after I had my children because I was like, you know, I want everybody to be able to see them. I really don't want to be bothered with people while I'm pregnant because people. And um, <laughs> so I had my baby shower. They were probably like maybe maybe two, maybe two months old. And my homegirls the entire time, they were like, oh, my gosh, we haven't seen you in forever. And what they did was like we planned my baby shower. Then my friends, they were like, you know, we're going to take you out after the fact. And, you know, so you can have a good time just because we know you're getting ready to go into motherhood. So you won't have a lot of time. So my mom had agreed to watch the kids, but then my aunt came over. Here comes the very southern part, and she was like, uh-uh, Jess is a mom now. She can't go nowhere. Uh-uh, you got to stay with your kids. Uh-uh, your kids need you. Oh, that's over. You can't do none of that. And, like, I had that mentality for so long. It was just like, my kids, my kids, my kids, and there was no me. So, yeah, trust me, I completely understand. Just, it was, it was, it's, it's, it's interesting. But um, if it's okay with everyone, we'll move to the next question. Um, we're going to go into, do you think mental health check-ins should be a part of self-care for black women or I women of color? <laughs> what would you um, clarify? I Could you clarify what you, what you mean by mental health check-ins? Yeah, I can. Um, I'm asking. Mine could be like our biggest, our biggest downfall. Mm-hmm. Like the way we talk about ourselves, mm-hmm. to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And and we, it's almost like a lot of people expect God is gonna show up and punish us, and they think of God's gonna be like all oh, bad things to us. But we are doing it to ourselves every day. Mm-hmm. Anytime we don't reach a goal, every time we do something that hurts somebody, we go into like self hate mode mm-hmm. to try to make it easier or better for other people in some way, and. We don't, we don't, we don't like to accept that we're broken. And mm-hmm. I say that because I didn't want to accept I was broken. And the minute I accept that I was broken, and I was like, my mental health needs to be a priority. We go to doctors to see what's happening with our teeth, what's happening with our feet, our mm-hmm. hands, our hearts. Why can't we go to a therapist and talk about what's happening in our minds and how to navigate through that? Because nobody has taught you how to do that. Mm-hmm. And I had to do that when I learned how to grieve. There was no grieving manual. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out how to navigate those emotions and still be functional. Because you're expected to be functional. Mm-hmm. And still navigate and, and, help, and help my husband help me navigate. Right. So you have to care for your, your mental health. Like, if that's not important, mm-hmm. everything will crumble. That's mm-hmm. why we eat Cheetos in the middle of the night. Right. And I and and you know, I kinda wanna touch bases on what you said as well as clarify the question that I'm asking. Um, when you said there's no manual for grieving, that's kinda where this question came into play. Because I want to know if just if you think that as women of color, 
should we go to see a psychiatrist or a therapist maybe once a year or once every blue moon? And I asked that question because no one knew for years. Like my aunt passed, she was like my favorite aunt. You know, she and I were super close. No one knew for years that I blamed myself for her death up until last year. And the reason that I did, it was because I was on spring break. And um, I was supposed to be meeting my one of my siblings for the first time. And my aunt, I've been, I've been taking JROTC. Like my aunt, she had been teaching me how to give her like her insulin. I knew how to do CPR. I knew just like, I, and she had taught me how to stay calm in situations. That spring break, my aunt passed away. And before she went over to her son's house, she called me. And she said, Jesse, I really want you to come over to, I'm not going to say his name. I really want you to come over to my son's house and just be with me for the week. And I, I said, well, auntie, you know, I'm supposed to be meeting my brother this week. It's supposed to be the first time I'm meeting him. I'm really excited. And she was like, but you can't, can't you meet him some other time? It was like she knew something was wrong. And so then that, that, um, that, I think it was Saturday, I got the phone call and my mom had called my dad and she told my dad, she was like, can you bring Jess over to such and such's house? And, you know, I didn't know what was going on, but I knew my aunt was in this home. So I'm like excited. I'm like, I'm trying to push past my mom to get to my aunt. I'm like, girl, move. I'm trying to go see my auntie. And, um, that's when my mom, she grabbed me by the shoulders and she was like, Jess, Gloria's dead. And I said, excuse me? She said, Gloria's dead. And I just knew my aunt was laughing. Was my, I, knew my, um, I knew my aunt was like, like I was like, I, this isn't true. I knew my mom was lying to me. But um, they hadn't come to collect her yet. And I walked into the living room and I saw her and I could not cry. And for years, I carried that with me. And it was like, because I was like, if I had been there, I would have known what to do. If I had been there, my aunt would still be here. And not once... I never saw a therapist, never saw anybody, and I carried that burden with me for almost 15 years. And so that's why that's why I wanted to say, you know, do do you think mental health check-ins are are something that women of do kind of get back to what the question was? It was, um, do you think mental health check-ins should be a part of a self-care routine for women of color? Yes, and I'm gonna let you Nori go first because I might have been the reason why things went awry. So I'm just gonna <laughs> let her go, and then we'll make sure things are going good. <laughs> Thank you. I do believe it's important. For example, when I was going through my grieving process, and I know you mentioned this before, um, there was no manual for grieving. There was no manual for how to cry and deal with the death of someone and in one week be back to work and expect it to be at 100%. And that was really challenging for me. And you really pushed me to get a therapist. You really pushed me to get the help I needed because I didn't know how to navigate that. I had never been in that position. And I think we go to the doctor. If you're suffering from hair loss, you go to the doctor. If mm-hmm. your teeth break, you go to the dentist. If your hand breaks, you go to the doctor. If your heart is having issues, you go to the doctor. So why not do the same thing for our, our mental health. And we've been conditioned to believe that only crazy people go to the doctor mm-hmm. for mental health. Only crazy mm-hmm. people get therapists. But aren't we all a little bit crazy? So shouldn't we just all be taking a little bit of care <laughs> about our minds to make sure that we're doing okay and we're navigating the space okay? 
I think mm-hmm. a lot of times black women don't feel like we need to do that, and it's that whole what's the it's like the the syndrome around what um, superwoman syndrome, mm-hmm. 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 black woman syndrome, and mm-hmm. our mothers were raised with that syndrome. Our grandmothers were raised with it because of what they did to survive. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do things like that anymore, and we can do better. We can do more of caring for ourselves and learning more about ourselves and how our mind operates. And, you know, I'm going to interject just for one moment before anyone else answers. With the strong black sin- strong black woman syndrome or superwoman syndrome, um, if you really look at it, that comes, from a, that comes from slavery. Because they were taking the men out of the home and then these women had to provide, you know, they had to be like these figures of we going to be okay you know, eat what, whatever master say, we, you, we gonna figure this out. You know, you know what I mean? So it kind of comes from that when you look at it, because you know, their whole thing was, oh, I have to go be a wet nurse to master's baby. Then, then when it, when I'm coming home to feed my own child, I'm dry. If you know, if that makes sense. So it was just to me, to me, that's where it comes from. Just having to it's be like what teachers do every day. Mm-hmm. Where teachers go into a building every day and they pour their hearts out to someone else's child, which they really become our babies, you know, over time. But we pour our hearts out, and then oftentimes when you get home, you don't have enough for your own kids. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's what it, we've been doing that for centuries. Mm-hmm. And I think that we are perpetuating it, even, mm-hmm. you know. And then, then that image is out there, and we're wondering why nobody is taking care of us, why we are the least protected, as Malcolm X would put it. Why is that? Because everybody want to be independent, and there's nothing wrong with that. Please don't get me wrong. It's nothing wrong with that, but I mentioned before, you can't do this by yourself. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't have a significant other, then you need to have a sister circle. And it doesn't have to be a big circle of 20, 30 people. That might be one other person that you check in with on a regular basis to make sure she's good or he's good mm-hmm. and make sure that you're good you're very but true. we have really we bought into it and we you know if you're not a strong black woman then what are you exactly and and I, you're looked at as you're looked at as less than at times mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely it's like vulnerability to look down upon mm-hmm for us though for us and it's and it's not fair i mean of course it's a lot of stuff isn't fair but we're we're not allowed to say when we're angry we're not allowed to get mad about anything we're not allowed to show emotion we are just robotically out here to make sure everybody is good and hope that by the end of the day we have a little bit left for ourselves mm-hmm. and, and if that's not what you're doing then you're doing it wrong mm-hmm. i agree that's I right agree. Okay, and did anybody else? I, I, I've even said myself, if you, and this it, it's the truth for me, but I've said it and thought that I was perfectly right in saying, if you're not exhausted at the end of the day, like from being a parent, from running your life, then you're doing it wrong. You mm. should not be exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah. Very the true. Day should not be so taxing. From the time you wake up until the time you lay your head down that you haven't even had a moment to say thank you. Mm-hmm. That that shouldn't be your day, and I thought that it did. And of course, I was running my life like that. I got it going on. I took care of everything, and I'm tired when I get home. I must have really done something. No, oh, wow. you just were busy all day, taking care of everything and everybody but you. 
So the simple answer for me is yes, I think there needs to be some type of check-in um, mentally for black women because we do go through so much and we do give so much mm-hmm. of ourselves to everybody. Um, I think we should check in. And if it's not anything professional or something structured, it should definitely be um, a friend or someone mm-hmm. you can trust that you know that will not judge you for whatever it is that you're going through mm-hmm. and that you can be 100% vulnerable with because that's hard for us. It's just hard. And Especially the straw one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what about yourself, Candice? Did you think, what do you think, what are your thoughts on mental health check-ins? I think that it's very important, especially because there's still so much stigma just in our community of what that means and how to get help, and especially in terms of therapists and um, just a lack of resources in general. So I think it's very important because on top of all of the personal things that you have to do to make sure that you're in a good place, it's important to have someone that can kind of help guide you and to give you the tools that you need to even know where to begin sometimes with finding a better place mentally and spiritually and just everything that you need. So many times, um, even as we were discussing earlier, you're just not taught the right ways to kind of pay attention to yourself and to be attuned to things that you need to to change in your environment or in your routine. So I think having those check-ins, being okay with it, feeling that it's comfortable, it's okay to be going through a hard time, it's okay to not have the answers or know what to do or or feel Mm -hmm. like you're in a broken moment. Like, that is okay because we all experience it, everybody. The people you see on Instagram who feel like they have it all together, everyone is dealing with something. Mm -hmm. And I think being able to break that that barrier and know that it's okay to have that space where you feel comfortable and where you can just let everything out and and gather those tools together to fight the challenges that we have in life is really, really important because we can't do it on our own. Sometimes we can't even do it with the community that we might have if they don't Mm -hmm. have the resources or the knowledge themselves that encourage us Mm -hmm. to do that. Very true. Okay, ladies, and we're, we're going to move on to our final question before we wrap up. Um, what advice would you give to another woman trying to find balance in her life in order to either include self-care or start a self-care routine? Well, I mean, I can, I can, I can, I can take that one. Um, my advice would be like, I would go, sis, it's all in your timing. You know, you don't have to rush into this. You know, just when you find the time, you find the time. Don't let don't let people on social media allegedly living these amazing lives trick you into thinking that you have to have XYZ amount of dollars to care for yourself. When you find your space, you will find your space. And that I think that's that's what I would tell a that's what I would tell a, a fellow woman. Just just the it's your timing. In a sense, self care is not God's timing. It's not the universe's timing. It's your timing. I would say to her, start where you are. Meet yourself where you are. Mm-hmm. Meet yourself with mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we want to do the most because that's what we see people doing on the internet, which is actually a very toxic place to be at. Mm-hmm. I talk about that, but that's a mm-hmm. <laughs> But just start yourself where you are. Be, be compassionate with yourself and treat yourself like 
Mm-hmm. I think we want to do what everybody else is doing because we think that's what we're supposed to be doing. But we don't know what that person has to endure to get to a place where they could do that for themselves. Mm-hmm. And we want to just jump to the end without and skipping the whole journey that got that person there. That's not our journey. That's not our responsibility. We shouldn't be making that the thing that takes our time. So I would tell that woman or that man is just meet yourself where you are be compassionate with yourself, introduce yourself like your own best friend, and take your time. My journey doesn't look like anybody else's journey. It's my journey, mm-hmm. and I have to be comfortable with that, no matter how fast or slow you move. So that would be my advice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, which is something kind of similar, but I would say is not to have expectations in the process. Mm. Because I think that sometimes you think that things are supposed to change like two days later or, you know, you're supposed to, you know, do that DIY facial and everything is going to get better. And there's so, you can easily get discouraged and then just start back at square one and you just stop and you end up in the same place. And I think what I've always found is that even during different periods of my life, self-care takes on different forms and sometimes it can be you know, something that's happening every day, sometimes it's something that's happening, you know, almost in a random sense, you know, just a moment of saying, hey, you know, I'm going to take this morning off to myself to go do something. And so I think that it's really important in whatever steps that you take that you don't have expectations or thinking that what you're doing isn't enough or it doesn't look like what someone else is doing or why haven't I felt something differently and it's been a week. You really just have to let it organically work the way that it's going to in your life and respond to the things that are working and let go of the things that aren't working and just be able to accept that growth and that transition that you're making without setting yourself up on a situation where you might be disappointed with how your own um, routine and growth is coming or not coming compared to someone else's. Mm-hmm. Great. Yes, and I would um, just kind of add to that Candace said something about growth and the first thing that came popping to my mind was a seed so with mm-hmm. self care you are planting a seed you are planting a seed that needs to be constantly watered and it needs to be cared for mm-hmm. you yes. mentioned um, compassion, self compassion that's the biggest thing mm-hmm. for self care because having compassion for yourself means that I'm going to say no to this and it's not going to hurt me that I said no. I won't be. I won't feel bad about saying no because I, I have something that I'm more passionate about, and that might be just spending time with myself today. Um, so I think that that seed needs to be planted, and it needs to be watered, and it's got to have that sunshine. You all know how plants and flowers grow, <laughs> and eventually it will blossom, and you'll get to actually see the fruits of your labor. Mm-hmm. But that might be, like I said, the three minutes here and two minutes there. Um, it might be just a walk up the block by yourself. It could look like almost anything as long as you're giving that time to yourself and you're not allowing anybody to infringe upon that time where mm-hmm. you're being compassionate. If it means writing a list of things that you love about yourself once or twice a week, that's showing yourself compassion. That's intentionally sitting down and showing appreciation for who you are. And I think that's really important. You know, being able to look in the mirror and know that there are flaws there, but be able to say that this is who I am and I love me 
And if anybody who's in my circle doesn't love me for who I am, then they don't have to be there. Mm -hmm. Getting rid of things that are toxic is a really big part of self-care because oftentimes we don't even know that things around us is not even us. It's not our stuff that's breaking us down. It could be somebody else's stuff. It could be the energy of the people that are around you and in your space that's causing Mm -hmm. you all of this this cluttered kind of feeling, this this restraint kind of feeling where you feel like you're almost in a straitjacket with all of that negativity around you. So you got to get yourself in a good circle of people, people who believe in self-care, people who um, support you taking care of yourself. You certainly don't want to be somewhere preaching self-care to a bunch of people who think the only thing you ever should do is spend time with your children mm-hmm. or work, or you should only get four hours of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, but overall, I really think just taking time for yourself, planting that seed, and con- continuing to water that seed, you know, with all the little things that you might do, whether that be journaling, whether that be meditating, exercising, reading, um, all those little things to me are watering the seed. Mm-hmm. And eventually you get to a place where when you feel yourself getting out of balance, you know that you can do something that will help you to center yourself and at least get you back on track. You know? Yes. 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 So with that being said, I really want to thank you ladies for taking time out to actually participate in the very first official episode of the round table, right? You guys were beyond amazing. This was this I I really don't I really didn't go into this with any expectations, but when I tell you I am literally beaming with joy, I'm literally <laughs> beaming with joy. So just in closing, did you guys have any 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 work or any projects going coming up that you guys wanted to plug really quickly before we say goodbye? This is Lori. I would just say check out the Health Conscious Podcast where it's also badass women of the African diaspora being healthy and honoring traditions. You can eat your platanos and have a salad too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yes. Uh, Candice, or do you have any? Did you have anything? Um, not really. I'm actually I'm still working on mine, but um, it will be called uh, Miraki Mentors and all about women who create and are just doing a lot of artistic things and whatever definition of creation and art that that means for them. So hopefully we'll be launching soon, but definitely keep an eye out for that. Awesome, most I'll definitely. I took your um. I took your survey is when you were naming your podcast. Did you? And that was the name that I chose. Yeah, I like that name. Oh, I'm so excited. I like that one. Yes. Look at things coming full circle. Me, Titania? Not finished with my podcast as of yet. I'm mm-hmm. hoping to launch in the fall. And the podcast name is Black in the Booth. And it is going to be a voice journal of me going through the process of becoming a voice actress. Okay. And the purpose of the podcast is to connect other African-American women or brown girls who are in the voice acting world and who are beginners or who are experts. And we're just going to kind of create a network very similar to um, women of color in podcasting so because there is a voice that we have and it's not being heard and it's not enough of us represented in the voice acting world and I feel like that's what my podcast can do we can create a community of um, voices 
from brown girls and so hopefully i'll be having it out in the fall that's the plan so keep your ears and eyes out for that ladies and thank you so much for having me on your show i really enjoyed this conversation oh, thank you first i want to thank you to tanya yenery candace i really appreciate you guys thank you thank you so much and you all have literally gained a fan for life i hope this is not the last conversation that we ever have Absolutely not. Let's do this again. Awesome. Awesome. Well, on that note, I will bid you all adieu. You all have a great one, and thanks for participating. You're welcome. Good night, everybody. Good night.